You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we don't have anything to talk about today. Not a thing. Nothing happened yesterday. Just like Brown Bear's love life, all quiet on the Western Front. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. We're going to talk about a breaking story that was reported early in the day. Utah has decided on a starting quarterback. And let me tell you, this brewer is ready to be part of the crew. We'll also break down Kyle Whittingham's comments to the media afterwards, in which he denied the fact that Utah, well, didn't outright deny it, but said that they'll release a death chart on Thursday, which very Whittingham-esque of him. And also, Britton Covey spoke to the media. We'll talk a little bit about the social media release of possible new uniforms for the University of Utah, and everything else that happened on a very, very busy Monday here on the Locked on Utes podcast, not for Monday, but for Tuesday. August 24th, 2021. It is another great day to be a Ute here on the Locked On Utes podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We're reminding you that the NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division. With the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts, follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts to tune in beginning August 30th. In the meantime, we're going to talk about Breaking news that was yesterday, because that's kind of how we do things here on the Locked on Utes podcast. Hopefully, if you follow us on the Twitter page, you saw a brief clip of me speaking in front of what was confused to be carpet. No, I was not laying down when I gave my breaking news video. I was standing in front of a wall. Uh, I have started a new job. I will talk about that some point down the road. We have more important things to talk about. Uh, But at my new job, there is a turf wall, which is awesome. Uh, I felt like that was the best place to do that video. Uh, the acoustics actually are surprisingly good as well. Uh, my apologies for having for everyone who has to deal with my face and whatever it is that's going on in the top of my head. At one point in time, I thought it was a good idea to grow my hair out. I'm now regretting that decision as it is getting long enough to be a nuisance, but not long enough to really do anything with it. Um, someday I will find a barber and cut it. Uh, until then... Sorry for what you have to see in the video. I promise to keep those to a minimum. However, we have more important things to talk about. Is Ute Zone's very own Kendra Bartle? No, Steve Bartle. Wait, was it Steve Bartle? Or was it Josh Newman? That's the real question behind yesterday's news break. Is who broke the news that Cameron Rising will not be the starter, but Charlie Brewer will be the starter for the University of Utah in the 2021 season. If you've been listening to the podcast at all, the last few days, last few weeks, last few months, you kind of knew this was coming. And 
I think the biggest takeaway from it all is this. Utah knew what they were doing when they went out and got Charlie Brewer in the portal because they know what they have on their hand. They know what Brewer can do. They know what he's capable of. They know that he can run this offense well enough to get them to a conference championship game and possibly even a Rose Bowl game. They were confident that Cam Rising could give him a fight. I think Cam Rising did more than that. I think it's very uh, telling who was named captain. We'll talk a little bit about that in, in this segment as well. Uh, um, but uh, Rising, I think, did a lot more than anyone really expected to make this more of a contest. Really, it wasn't supposed to be longer than a week. And that was because they had almost, I won't say predetermined, but they knew who they wanted to start. It was Charlie Brewer almost all along. I think Brewer and, and Andy Ludwig have connected very well. I think Ludwig loves what Brewer does in terms of uh, getting the ball out quickly, making good decisions, uh, and also being a repetitively accurate thrower. Now, for those of you who cringe when I say that, what I mean by repetitive accuracy is accuracy under a variety of circumstances. So sometimes you're under a rush, you're still accurate. Sometimes you're outside the pocket, you're still accurate. Sometimes the ball or the route is not run correctly, but you're still accurate. And that's what we mean when we talk about repetitively accurate. That when you throw the ball, you throw it repetitively to the same place that it needs to go. Some people might argue that repetitive accuracy is redundant. I am not a smart enough person to really counter that with anything other than Accuracy is is this broad term that we like to throw around with quarterbacks, but really, you know what what it is is that you um, you want them to make sure that the ball keeps moving down the field, and I think the way to do that is to continually make the throws that you have to throw, and and so that's where that term comes from. Uh, if this sounds like me explaining, uh, you know, nothingness, that's, that's kind of what it is, but this is how coaches operate. You know, they make up these terms and it's, it's much like the world of finance where rather than just calling it one thing, they have to create this. And I don't know anybody out there has ever watched the big short. I am sort of obsessed with that movie. I've read the book. Uh, the whole the thing is just fascinating to me. CDOs and, 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 and how they create these junk bonds and, and how bonds are created and, and, and why we even invest in things that don't exist um, is fascinating to me. But I think sometimes coaches like to do that too. Uh, vernacular verbiage on a football team is, is very confusing if you're not there every single day. And even someone who claims to know as much as I do, and I think I know a little bit more than the average human, um, but at the same time, like I have to ask a lot of questions when they say things. Uh, the nice part about doing the, uh, group media sessions is they kind of dumb it down for you naturally. But when I have conversations with coaches outside of that, it does turn into a bit of a, uh, verbiage barrage maybe is, is the word I'm looking for. That's a long stretch talking about why they use the term repetitive accuracy. Um, but the bottom line is that's what won Charlie Brewer the job. Uh, his ability to get the ball out quickly, to make the right decision quickly. It's what he's done his entire career. It's a lot of what made him a great quarterback at Baylor when he was under the Matt Rule system. If you want to make some comparisons, the comparisons between Kyle Whittingham and Matt Rule are very strong, very similar individuals. They talk the same way. 
have the same philosophies. They they believe in the same format of offense to where you want to possess the football, you want to move the football down the field, you want to keep the football out of the other team's hands as much as anything. And they're very happy to win a game three to nothing, two to nothing. If you could win it one to nothing, I think Kyle Whittingham would absolutely love that. He would love to score one point and win every single game. And that's kind of bizarre, uh, but that's that's his mindset. He's a defensive coach. It was fascinating the first scrimmage. He was a little salty because the defense got smoked. Uh, that's a good thing. You want your offense to be better than your defense, especially in the Pac-12, especially at the University of Utah, because the defense is always good. So I don't think that necessarily denotes any kind of negativity towards the defense. But the real important thing to get on the other side of this is what happens now with Cam Rising. Uh, and, and we did know that this was likely to happen. We've talked about it a lot, that we all felt Bradley Brewer would be the choice. And they stretched it out just long enough to where it's going to be difficult for Cameron Rising to do anything in terms of transferring immediately. That doesn't necessarily mean that he might not um, make that choice. Uh, my understanding, um, uh, maybe not even understanding, but my my perception of, of who Cam Rising is and, and our interactions have been very, very limited for the most part. Uh, thanks, thanks for nothing, COVID. Uh, Cam Rising loves the University of Utah. He always has a big smile on his face up there. He loves his teammates. His teammates dearly love him. And that was reflected in the news that he was named as a captain. I think when you think of captains, the things that you think about are people that you know, care about one another, that are ready to lead by example, that are competitive, that fight, that put forth their best effort. And I think Cam Rising is a exemplary example of that. This was not supposed to be a competition other than, hey, we owe Cam Rising a shot at this. And he turned it into something like, oh, wow, we really need to think this over and make sure that we're making the right choice, make sure that we've exhausted every avenue. And from what I heard, and, and this is just, you know, feedback from from all, all around the program and, and whatever it is that, that we get, is that Cam Rising really had a great scrimmage. He had a great couple scrimmages, and then he really did uh, play well throughout it. Um, but he is missing the experience of playing for four years on the field. Uh, it's great to be great in practice, but I think at the end of the day, that's the edge that Charlie Brewer simply had. However, I think him being named a captain is twofold. One, I think it's uh, a validation of how his teammates feel about him, how he has endeared himself in this program, and this may be me speaking out of turn, but I do believe that Cameron Rising truly loves being a Ute. I think he loves it here in Salt Lake City. I think he loves playing in this program. I think he loves playing for this team. I think he really does love his teammates. Uh, I don't, I'm not speaking on his behalf, but, but the, the vibe I get around the program, the vibe I get from people, the vibe I get from him, he always has just this uh, very charismatic, happy grin about him, and, and I think he's found a home here. Does that mean that he's going to stay here for life? Of course not, but uh, I think that does give Utah an edge. I think there's a reason that they named him a captain. They did this previously with Troy Williams. I think he understands what his potential is here at this program. I think he understands the growth that he's made and the guys that are around him. I think he also understands the opportunity that's ahead of him. There is a good chance that Charlie Brewer is not going to make it through the entire season. He has suffered injuries previously. He is taking a beating in the college level. I heard somebody talking the other day about his potential, his NFL potential. I don't know that there is 
great potential for him to move on to the next level, but I think Charlie Brewer understands that this is really his his last shot to really make an impact and possibly show the NFL skill set, although at this point in time, I think for the most part, they know who he is, they know what he can do. Uh, he's really playing for himself and, and really for his last guaranteed opportunity. Uh, Utah's done this in the past. Tyler Huntley and, and Troy Williams, uh, Troy, Troy was named the captain of the team while Tyler was the starter. Uh, it's unusual, but it's also not. I think it's indicative of the fact that likely they've had conversations with Cameron Rising. He's agreed that he wants to be here still, that he wants to accept that role. I would wager that there will be opportunities for him to play, whether it's through uh, like a Shelly package where he gets some run plays. I would bet that he plays substantially in the uh, second half of the Weber State game. I would also wager that he's going to uh, have a role going forward that's maybe a little bit above and beyond what a typical backup quarterback would be. And they need, they owe that to him, number one, and they need to get him reps, in-game reps, because he needs to get in there and get his feet wet and and really uh, experience it firsthand so that when he comes in next year, we don't have to go through this again. And, And that's the bottom line, is that the one question mark we have is we have 16 plays of him on film in a game and there are some some obvious misses, there are some good plays, and there are some times where he looks like he's absolutely running for his life because Utah was playing their first game against a team that had played almost, I think, their second or third game in USC, and USC had really honed in on what they were doing. Utah had not yet. We saw it with a lot of teams where the teams who uh, uh, had not really had a chance to practice altogether. And, and let me tell you, the, the stuff that they were putting together that we heard uh, – with the, all the COVID outbreaks for that initial part, it was a nightmare. And so that, I think, the inability to practice together, it really hurt Utah in that first game. It really, really hurt the offensive line. And we saw it. But we also saw that unit mature and develop and, and, and get a lot stronger as the year went on. It's also a credit to USC for having some talent up front. All this being said, uh, the, ta- the captains named, and most are not surprising, Britton Covey, Cameron Rising, Keegan Markgraf, uh, Devin Lloyd, Mika Tavua, um, we, we just don't know what Cameron Rising is made up entirely uh, in terms of you know his in-game makeup. I have a hunch. Um, my hunch is that that guy is a baller. My hunch is that that guy is a stud. And my hunch is that that guy is going to have an opportunity at some point this year that he's going to take advantage of, and he's going to show everybody really what he's made out of. And Utah fans are going to be thanking their lucky stars that he'll be in this program for another year. I hope that's how it works out because I'm rooting here for Cam Rising. I think he's a great young man. Uh, I've enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed believing in him. Like I've said multiple times, he would have been my pick simply because I love watching his game. I think he has a special ability to make plays both with his feet and with his arm that you just don't see a lot of. But at the end of the day, it experience does matter, especially in this game. Uh, your remaining leadership council is as such, Charlie Brewer, Britton Covey, Vontae Davis, Solomon Enos, Nick Ford, Cole Fotheringham, Devin Kafusi, Brant Keithy, Devin Lloyd, Keegan Markgraf, Clark Phillips, TJ Pledger, Kwati Pututau, Cam Rising, Nephi Sewell, Mika Tafua. Uh, interesting that there's not a true freshman in that group, uh, but this is a heavily laden team with uh, uh, I I will call it senior leadership even though the eligibility is all sorts of all over the place 
interesting that there are several transfers on there. Charlie Brewer, TJ Pledger, both transfer players incoming in the program. Devin Kafusi came in last year. Uh, you can tell that they've integrated themselves in the program. Uh, Nick Ford, the only representative for the offensive line, although there are two tight ends on there. So we are temporarily adopting Cole Fotheringham and his gorgeous beard as part of it. I highly recommend going to the utahutes.com website to look at all the pictures because some of them are absolutely hilarious. Thank you, Nephi Sewell, for your smile and your thumbs up. That was terrific. Uh, in closing, the leadership council is important because these are the guys that the players trust. And, and the leadership council is a big part of what provides the coaching staff with feedback. They help to decide things for the team. It gives guys a responsibility and it places uh, um, accountability on a lot of their shoulders to be the leaders, to be the representatives in the various uh, player group rooms and, and to demand the best out of their teammates. And it gives them some authority. Uh, in those rooms as well. Big news day yesterday. We're, we'll talk a little bit on the other side about some clips from Kyle Whittingham and Britton Covey. But before we get to that, you know what's going to come. That's right. We're going to tell you how to keep dry on Thursday when Utah takes on Weber State. And you're going to do it using sweat block wipes. That's the s simplest way to do it because they're doctor created and recommended. They work up to seven days per use. They come with a dry shirt guarantee that if sweat block does not keep you dry, you get your money back. They're featured and tested on the Rachel Ratio by firefighters, people who deal with heat all the time. Didn't surprise you didn't know that. Best seller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews. And best of all, they are made right here in the US of A. Uh, I've mentioned a couple different times how they help. I am a sweaty guy. Put it on at night, one wipe. Uh, and I'm good for seven days. They they sent me a whole bunch of other good stuff that I really love. I highly recommend checking out the lotion. I, I didn't know that a lotion can make you both dry, but also um, moisturized. And that, to me, are two things that, that should never go on, but I like it. Um, it makes me feel good. Uh, my skin has never been happier. Um, and also, I'm not sweating through every shirt that I wear. I don't have to wear two and three shirts now just to keep my pits clean. I don't have to worry about what color shirt I'm wearing because I know that I'll stay dry with sweat block. I know it sounds too good to be true, but I literally I only have to use sweat block once or twice a week. Keeps me dry the whole time. No more pitting out. No more picking my shirts based on what, which one will hide the sweat better. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. You can get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models on the road, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning from someone behind the counter that's just going to do the same thing that you can do from rockauto.com in the comfort of your own home while saving you money in your pocketbook. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto anywhere from 30 to 50, even 100% off the same parts that you would get from a chain store or a car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices, they're reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. 
Back here on the Locked On Youth Podcast, here on the Locked On Podcast Network, going to give you some sound clips from the interview that Kyle Whittingham did with the media after practice. He talks a little bit about, uh, well, it's funny, because we just spent an entire segment talking about um, um, the quarterback that's going to be starting for the University of Utah, who is Charlie Brewer, and when asked about it, this is what Kyle Whittingham had to say. We'll have a depth chart on Thursday, and uh, that's how we're going to handle it. I guess somebody said that somebody made some predictions or think they know what's up. I guess they have a 50-50 shot, so <laughs> they might be right. But, but we'll have a depth chart for you, definitive depth chart, on uh, Thursday. Yeah, okay, Kyle. Very funny. One of those laughs in the background was that of Steve Bartle. He was one of the original people to break the news that Charlie Brewer would be the starter. But here's the thing. like Kyle can play coy and, and say whatever he wants. Uh, I think that he's gotten to the point to where he kind of enjoys those mind games. And uh, I won't say that he likes the power of of the position because I think that gives a certain connotation. But I think he likes to uh, taunt in in a very Kyle Whittingham-esque way uh, those who think they know when the reality is, is we don't know for sure because he could always change his mind. But at this point in time, like you've got to be kidding, right? Like, like you release the captains, you release the leadership council. Like, what are we waiting for on Thursday? You told us on Saturday, like that that this is probably how it was going to go down. Um, and I would not be surprised if, if Kyle even had felt like it was okay for that news to break. Um, that's typically how stuff works, where sources feel a little bit more comfortable sharing. Uh, not necessarily on the record, but saying, "Yeah, you can go ahead with that." And the fact that both Steve and Josh had it from different angles, from different sources. Uh, I think that indicates to you that both really worked on that story and, and knew what they had. So enjoy your laughs, Kyle. Enjoy them. Also, Kyle Whittingham was asked if they were planning on going with a two QB system. This is what he had to say. Well, we have a one and we have a two, and we've not historically been a two-platoon system or, or uh, rotating guys. Uh, that's not the plan right now. I guess anything's possible, but as of right now, that's not the plan. I would agree. That's probably not the plan. And I think Kyle Whittingham learned early on in his coaching career that was a very risky maneuver for him. And I think some of that is just because the demands that he has for his quarterbacks, they have to find a rhythm, they have to find a comfort level, they have to protect the football. And if you're constantly pulling them in and out, in and out, and everything like that, it just makes it very, very difficult. Moving on, uh, Kyle Whittingham talks about uh, the team captains and then speaks as to the approach that he told his players and how to choose the captains. Offensive captains, Britt Covey and Cam Rising. And on defense, Devin Lloyd and Mika Tafua. And then uh, Keegan Margraff will be the first special teams captain that will rotate each week, depending on who has the best special team performance. It's not uncharted territory if that's the way it goes down. But told the team, hey, we don't vote for the, the funniest guy or the you know the guy that's your friend. You vote for the best leaders. And I think that's what they did. I know that's what they did. I think for anybody who's been around the team, covered the team, listened to the team, would agree with Kyle Whittingham. The guys who they chose as captains really are uh, the guys that are the leaders of this squad, without a doubt, one of those um, is Devin Lloyd. 
Just his relentlessness towards the game, his, his passion for preparation, for perfection. He wants to be the best, and he's, he's as driven as anybody I've ever coached in manifesting it. He doesn't just talk about it, he does it. He's in the film room constantly, he's out after practice, you know, first one to get there, last guy to leave type of a deal. And so he just doesn't talk about it, he does it. He's all about it. Kyle Whittingham talking about Devin Lloyd there, and if that doesn't sound like a leader to you, I don't know what you consider to be a leader, but you might want to rethink it. Now, with all this discussion about the good stuff, let's move a little bit to the bad, as the offensive line seems to be unsettled still, and they are waiting to hear more about who will be available. It's not set yet 100%, and the reason is it's because we're not 100% sure who will be available on September 2nd. And so if we knew who would be available, we'd have it set 100%, but we're still kind of walking through that and, and waiting for a couple guys to get uh, back on the field. Spoke a little bit about that last time around. Uh, I, I do feel like there's a little bit of a call out action there from Kyle Whittingham to make sure that his offensive linemen get on the field as quickly as possible. Uh, but that is what they're waiting for. It'll be interesting to see what we see on the depth chart on Thursday, whether that means that guys are healthy or not. Hard to say. Uh, that's the one downside. Well, there's many downsides to the policy about not talking about injuries. One of those is that all of a sudden we'll be in practice one day and, I'll, and we'll hear a name either is out for the season or, or hear something like, well, we're waiting on the offensive line to get healthy. And uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of commentary on it. Um, hopefully someday that changes, but uh, um, yeah, this is Kyle Whittingham's world and while we're all just living in it. So, and that's a good thing. If you're on his coaching staff, he had this to say about them. Oh, it's great. It's it's critical, and, and being able to have continuity and consistency and, and carry over, that's that's ideal. And we had the one wide receiver coach turnover this year, but that was a smooth transition. Chad has been here before in our system and knows exactly what, what the culture is and what the expectations are. And so, But that's a positive as long as you got good coaches. I mean, if you have a bunch of lousy coaches and they're around forever, that's probably not ideal. But, but I think we got very good coaches. There you go, Kyle Whittingham speaking with the media. Uh, yeah. Short and sweet from Kyle, uh, as we've come to expect. In fact, we'll play the Britton Covey sound for you after the break. I feel like Britton Covey, Coach Covey, as I'm going to call him from here on out, actually gives more information and speaks for more of the coaching staff than most of the coaching staff has anymore. And you know what? Like, I don't necessarily blame him. It, the, we've been doing this dance for a long time with a lot of them. Uh, the questions probably run together a little bit. Um, but also, you know, they're so conditioned to coach speaking everything into existence. That it is, it kind of is what it is for Coach Covey. I think it's a new thing, so he still enjoys it. And uh, we enjoy him, without a doubt. You know what else? There's something that you can do to make games more enjoyable. That's go to betonline.ag. Sign up for an account there. It is super easy to do. That time of year again, all eyes are now turning to football as teams back on the gridiron are starting their seasons. BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. You can get all the updated odds, props, contests, uh, including the uh, biggest half-million-dollar online NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Both of those open now at BetOnline. You can go to the website, use your mobile device or your laptop, desktop, whatever it is to sign up today. And you'll receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on. That's all one word. So be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo, which is if you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, for the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Bucks and Dallas Cowboys. If you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. So you can get a free bet out of it. 
you want. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Wrapping up another episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. There was an announcement on social media, a brief video, perhaps a sign of things to come, that maybe some big news is dropping tomorrow. Stay tuned to the Utah Football Twitter account. Uh, I can't really say too much, but I think you're going to like it. I hope you like it. If you don't like it, I'm not the one to blame. But you'll try anyway, and that's okay. We're going to close out the show today with some comments from Britton Covey, who spoke to the media after practice. A good way to scout the defense is to ask players on offense. So, yeah. I mean, is that secondary going to be just as nasty as ever? Yes. Uh, what's really cool is, you know, you always hear things about Utah defense and how you never worry about the defense, right? Everybody's kind of heard that phrase. And I think a big part of that is because before we even worry about scheme and things, Coach focuses on culture. Coach Galley and Shaw, they just say, this is our culture. We are nasty. We're ball hawks. We are this. We're trustworthy. And then once you build that culture, everything speeds up. Um, the learning process speeds up. And so uh, you've got a lot of guys that are bought into that. You know, you've got the Clark Phillips to Travis brought into the world. And then you've got the Vontae Davis who's really stepping up. So as long as we fill those pieces that haven't gotten experience um, with skill, but in terms of culture, it's there. Yeah. I, this is, might be, I mean, I don't know, you've played in front of crowds and you've also played in front of empty stadiums. Right. You've got teammates on this team that are going to be playing this season who have not played in front of 50,000 fans. Mm -hmm. So for you, or in your opinion, how are these guys going to do in front of a packed house knowing or being that they've never played in front of fans before? Mm -hmm. Or... Will there not be really any sort of difference? Yeah. I think there will be a difference. Uh, you are a little wide-eyed the first time that you come out. I remember my first game was Michigan, right? Woo! Jim Harbaugh's first game. That was the first one. Yeah, that was my first ever college game. It was the most intimidating thing in, in the world. But um, <laughs> I just remember visualizing every single day leading up to the game, imagining it so that when I went out there, it was like I had done it 100 times in my backyard, right? Visualizing it. So, uh, I can usually sense what guys are going to feel that, and I try and talk with them early on. Uh, you know, I remember Nate Ritchie last year was pretty nervous, and so I took him to the side. And I think that's kind of on the leader of every position group to realize which guys are going to feel that, which guys will be affected by it, and go seek them out. Yeah. We saw that they made uh, Cam Rising captain. What about his leadership skills? I think that speaks volumes to things. Uh, Cam has taken charge from, it's really hard to be named captain when coming off of an injury. Let me tell you that. I remember, <laughs> I mean, I even remember I was named captain in 2019, um, but I tore my ACL. And I wasn't with the team most of the time because I was doing so much rehab and I didn't get to see the guys. And I remember thinking like, I'm, I, I'm a captain, but I don't feel like one. And that's where I really admire Cam. He's been in rehab all spring, most of the summer, just constantly, and yet he still has taken the time to be with the guys and take that leadership role, get, you know, seven-on-seven seven in the summer organized. And uh, 
the other thing about Cam is he is very jovial. That's it's not hovial, right? It's jovial. Jo- jo- yeah. jo- in Spanish, this is English. Be, in Spanish, it would be hovial. So yeah, it's, he's no, very <laughs> he's very jovial. Cam, you will never see Cam without a huge smile on his face. To me, he looks like a VeggieTales character. I don't know. He's just <laughs> constantly smiling with his mustache and his long hair. Um, very approachable, and I'm really proud of him for being named captain. Any concern that sometimes when there's a quarterback battle that uh, teams get divided? If one guy, one group players want this player, one of the other players want that player. Any concern there? Um, not that I can foresee. Uh, I can't. See, I can't foresee any of that happening especially because Cam is such a good leader and because Charlie is such a good leader. Um, I don't think that it will happen. You know, that usually happens when whoever's named, you know, the backup goes into the locker room and starts, you know, getting guys together. And um, those guys, neither of them are like that. And I don't think that there would be this, you know, absolute loyalty to one guy because there's loyalty to the team and what we believe will be the best situation. So unless one of them goes into the locker room after not being named the starter to gripe and everything like that, other than that, uh, I don't foresee any of that. And those guys aren't like that. So Plus, in today's college football, you're probably going to lead at least two quarterbacks the way it is anyway. You do. You really do. You saw it happen last year in yeah. the second possession, right? Uh, it's so nice to have two great quarterbacks. Like, it is such a relief. And two quarterbacks who are really good at what we're trying to do this year. I think that's given Coach Ludwig a big... Um, taking a big burden off of his shoulders because even Cam and Jake were really different players last year mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in capability and things like that. So, so game planning won't change as much no matter who's there? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I really think that game planning would hardly change at all depending on who's out there. You know Tony Fino at all? Uh, I, I hit a tee shot in front of him at a, at a tournament, hit a little baby fade. I was really embarrassed. 280, 290? Yeah, we'll say. We'll say <laughs> did you know he won today? Yes, I was, that was the first thing I did when I got back to my locker was check because I was watching the first 12 holes then I had to go out for practice. <laughs> I'm the biggest golf fan yeah, that you will yeah, meet, yeah. especially Tony. I, my wife makes fun of me. We watched his tournament last year where he finished second in the tournament in the playoff and I fell on the ground and my <laughs> wife was just laughing at my suffering. And so if Tony ever sees this, Tony, I am your biggest fan and I'm so happy. Maybe he won because it wasn't Sunday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. First tournament you don't That's finish really cool. on Sunday. Just to, just to follow up on what you, you said, Coach Wick got pretty heated about the, you know, the, a rumor snuck out about the quarterback. I mean, was it one through ten? Like, how, how mad was he? Uh, I wasn't there when, okay. when that happened. That's, that was according to uh, one of the other position coaches. He was coaches. really calm with us. Yeah, that was a, I think that, that happened in the morning. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, I think it's more, it's not about what information was leaked, it's just about the fact that it was, if that makes sense. And so, I have yeah. one more for you. You're named a team captain. You keep bragging about everybody else and all the leadership that they have, but how many times have you been named team captain, and did this one feel any sort of different going into a year where everything's almost back to normal? Yeah. Um, this is my third time being captain, and honestly, of anything that's, Football has been great to me in my life, right? And of anything that I've ever done on the football field or anything like that, uh, this is by far the most important thing to me. And so that and then the academic All-American, those are the two most important things that, in regards to football that I feel like I've ever done. And um, 
I think that it's because guys know where my mindset is and that I'm not about myself. You know, I'm not obsessed with going to the NFL. I'm not obsessed with having a great game. Um, you get to the point where you have to live in the present. I think that's, that's the problem right now with college football. So many guys are living in the future and they do not enjoy what's right in front of them. Um, and then I, I hope that I can bring just an experience level to the team. I understand what it takes to win a Pac-12 championship on the mental side of things. I, that's, that's what I've realized is football, when you get late into the season, is so much more mental than it is physical. And so I hope I can bring that to the guys. But that, it, I don't even have words for what a big honor that is to me. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't care about myself. Like, you know, this is all about them and, and the whole team. So. All righty, there he is, Coach Covey, talking a little Tony Finau, which, listen, I think if you can't be happy for Tony Finau getting a win yesterday, maybe because it was sun, wasn't was Sunday, who knows, maybe it was just because he finally played well enough to win, you know, and, and things broke in his favor. But if you weren't happy about that, maybe, uh, maybe it's time to step away from the uh, negativity machine for a little bit and find some zen somewhere, you know, maybe go get yourself a chicken sandwich or something like that. I don't know. I wish there was a podcast out there that talked about those. Maybe one day. That's it for today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast. Thank you so much for following us on your favorite podcast platform, for leaving us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, for emailing the show, LockedOnUtes at gmail.com, and for tweeting at us at LockedOnUtes on Twitter. We uh, eventually will get to the rest of the social channels. Right now I'm just trying to master running the locked on youth's twitter account along with jake he will be back tomorrow i gave him the night off because i did not plan accordingly to make sure that our schedules could fit so thank you jake for being the amazing producer that you are preparing some of those video or audio clips for us and and just in general being the best darn teammate that a guy could have he is my captain oh captain jacob captain hatch Thank you again for listening. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for August 24th, 2021, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.